Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Nitty Delaney. So what? This is the Melchester Odyssey. It is the 12th of December, 1981. Uh, a date that I imagine is etched into the mind of every Royal the Rovers fans. Um, absolute game changer, this one. But we'll 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 do our best to uh, treat it with the appropriate gravitas that it deserves. Uh, it's it's one of those ones where uh, Roy is in full colour on the front cover. We've got. Uh, it's a scene on the training ground. I love the high wall at the training ground, the Melchester training ground, so that no one can look over the top. If only um, Derby County had had that when Bielsa was spying on them. He would have found a way, though, I think. Bielsa would have just got a big ladder, wouldn't he? He would have got a drone. Yeah, probably something like that. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah, uh, Blackie Grey. Actually, I'll read, I'll read the bit that it says at the top brings us up to date. Although Melchester Rovers were riding high at the top of the second division with a 100% record, Roy was experiencing some alarming off-the-field problems. A mysterious motorcyclist had tried to run him down and then Rovers super brat Vic Guthrie, furious at being relegated to the reserves for repeated bad behaviour, exploded with rage during a training session. Uh, And, you know, this is because Vic has been told he's not going to get straight back in the team after his punishment for being a cunt. Um, so Blackie has kicked the ball and it's bounced straight off Vic Guthrie's head deliberate or not perhaps we'll never know because uh, Guthrie is knocked off his feet and he goes <laughs> uh, and who's that at the back is that is that Paco Diaz with the moustache might be uh, and he says it's Diaz yeah hey, hey Blackie, Blackie mind, mind you're kicking, kicking. And Blackie says, oops, sorry about that, Vic. It was meant for Roy. And Roy's just a little bit off to the right, looking perplexed by it all. Um, he's meant that, hasn't he, Blackie? He's gone in to boot the ball off Vic Guthrie's head, teach him a lesson as Roy's trusty lieutenant. Well, it's just classic Blackie. Yeah. You toss one head on his head. And Built oh, next, next time, it won't be a ball like a catch It'll be a rock. And I won't kick it at you because I'd be stupid. I'd break my own toes. It'd be self-defeating. So I'd lob it at you. <laughs> Bam! I'd take your head off. Or a pool ball in a sock. In fights, I've been protected like this before uh, a couple of times by mates. And I, it leaves you feeling, in, on the one hand, oh, that's nice. But on the other hand, it makes you feel a bit emasculated because you think, why 
did they feel as if they had to jump straight in? Mm. Uh, it, you know, so as a, you know, I suppose it's an egotistical way of looking at yeah. something rather than think that's good. That guy's really that he's a really good mate. He stepped yeah. in there. I think well, I, I was perfectly capable of handling that conflict myself. <laughs> I think it's less about um, what they feel about you and protecting you, more about them wanting to get involved in a fight because it's fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I had a mate once, though. It was actually a, a fight between mates. We all lived... There was a bunch of lads who all, we all lived together when we were at university and it got to the end of our final year and, and it was getting towards our finals and everything. And I think, like, the, the house, where it was five blokes living together, there was an atmosphere that descended upon it as we got closer and closer to like our finals that became very intense. Like no one, like most lads, especially when you're younger, no one shared what they were actually feeling out loud. Everyone was with bravado claiming they didn't give a shit or that they were going to breeze it anyway, or who cares or any of those things. But obviously I think people are getting stressed, not just about exams, but it's that point where you think, shit, there's no more deferring adulthood. Soon I'm going to have to go and be an adult. And it's a nightmare. So you you start to shit yourself and the fear builds up throughout that final year. And when it got to the end, like the, the drinking and other forms of abuse became really, really profound. And we all started doing it together without ever talking about why, Every night it got more crazy. But also people started to behave in quite angry, short-tempered ways. And one mate of mine, really, I I could see it was really getting to him. I think it was because he was doing maths, and that's obviously really hard, whereas Mm. the rest of us were doing... I mean, I was doing politics. It's, like, stupid. It's like in... I think it was a beautiful mind, isn't it, where the numbers and the equations all start to come out out, out of your brain and you can just see them in the air. Exactly. The numbers got to him. Yeah. Right. Whereas I was doing politics, all I saw in the air was like the House of Commons. (laughs) (laughs) Big Ben. Like in a snow globe. (laughs) Yeah. If you do a politics degree, one of the things is you just have to do a sketch from memory of Big Ben. (laughs) A ballot box. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, he went mad and I went into his room to find out what the matter was. And while he started raging at me and I did the worst thing you can ever do to trigger someone violently mm. is that I, because he was raging and there was sort of almost tears streaming out of his eyes and I laughed, oh. which is, I mean, that is a red rag, right? Yeah. It, I deserved to get belted. No, I, I mean, that. I think it, it was it, uh, Mark Twain who said, never laugh at a raging mathematician. I think it was. Yes, he did say that. Yeah, and he's fucking right. I found mm. out that night. So he, he immediately, as soon as I laughed, he shouted, "Don't laugh at me!" He's a mate, this bloke, and I don't, you know, like I look back and think, God, he, you know, he was going through some real trouble, and I probably wasn't helping much. He grabbed me by the throat and Fuck. began to strangle me in the style of, say, Darth Vader. Whoa. And just as I was, you did know, he lift you off a, the ground? I think he was attempting to. There was no way he was going to be able to. And and he, he started, like, in, in those few seconds, what I did was, you know, as a as a, um, a proficient street fighter, yeah. I immediately assessed my environment and mm. my options, Andy, mm. as you mm. as you would imagine. Yeah. But in those few seconds where I was doing that, like Robocop course, and like, yeah. or Terminator, sort of like my line of vision is like a computer screen. See all the data in front of your eyes. See everything, right? Yeah. And I'm just doing the maths about how to combat his attack. 
when suddenly another mate of mine, who I didn't even know was, like, on the same floor, <laughs> flew through the door, <laughs> and he shouted in a sort of a high-pitched voice as he he, he, he dived at us, <laughs> and he shouted, Get your hands off of him! And I always remember thinking, bit weird. <laughs> and he... he he, he he launched himself and grabbed the other guy who's strangling me and sort of tackled him onto the floor and wow. me and a, a, a floor fight N- neutralised him. An old Delaney man is there, like dusting himself down, <laughs> not a mark on him, thinking, "Well, that's that over and done with." See you, Fed. Yeah, see ya. I'm off out. <laughs> Good luck. And. Um, yeah, so that fight unfolded, but I always thought it was a bit... I've always thought, why did he leap through and neutralise that? Like, mm. I was going to neutralise it. It was fine. Or I wasn't going to neutralise it, and I'd just take my strangling like a man. Just die like a hero. <laughs> he said, listen, let him strangle me for a little bit. We'll see what happens, it's see between, how it unfolds. It's between me and him. Keep out of it. Um, yeah, and I did laugh at him when he's clearly upset. So, you know, yeah. if he wants to have a little strangle up, then let, let him be but, my guest. Like you say, everyone was on edge in the house. So, you know, your mate who jumped in, he'll have been yeah. desperate for a bit he of risk as well. So. I think that's it. I think it's like what you yeah. just said. He wanted to fight. He wasn't protecting yeah. me, but I only realised that now. At the time I thought, don't need to protect me, mate. Now I thought, oh, well, I'll go out anyway. It's quite <laughs> nice not having to have a fight. <laughs> Some men were fighting over me earlier. Yeah, that's what it was like. Uh, oh, men always fighting over me. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a man? Have other men fought over you? Get in touch. Tell us your story. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, we'll get back on talk sport one day. Um, <laughs> right. So we turn the page, and it's continued from front cover. Uh, and Blackie's very apologetic. He said, what a stupid thing to do. Come and sit down, old son. That must have shaken you up a bit. And Vic Guthrie's all, uh, nah, get get off. I'm all right. He's trying to be a bit disingenuous, Blackie, isn't he? He is, isn't he? Oh, dear. What What a mistake. Does your head hurt a bit? What a terrible accident. I'm so sorry. Except he's not. He hasn't apologised at all, has he? Oh yeah, nah, he did on the front cover. He doesn't cover. give a shit. Uh, Roy's still looking shaken up by the whole thing. Roy, Roy is scratching his head literally. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck. I don't know what the fuck that was about. I'll scratch my head, see if any ideas come through. Yeah, this is what I always do. It gets the old knocking <laughs> working in the morning. Scratch, scratch, scratch. Give it a good scratch, thinking <laughs> scratch. Get the brain going. It says Roy knew that Blackie's loose in inverted commas shot was no accident. And Roy's thinking, it stopped a nasty incident from getting completely out of hand. All the same, he meant to throw that ball at me. Because as we in the last episode, of course, Victor 3 picked up a ball and he was about to throw it at Roy. And that was when Blackie yeah. Gray came to his rescue and booted another ball off, off Vic's head. Uh, and they're walking off the, the training pitch there. There's still a little bit of fisticuffs going on between Vic and Blackie. Vic's not having any of the apology. Get, get off me, yeah. you scouse tart. <laughs> Just because I was gonna, <laughs> just because I was having a pop at your boyfriend. <laughs> you fucking pods. Don't you talk about him like that. He's not my boyfriend. He's my pal. He's my line manager and good friend. <laughs> uh, and it then says, as Roy left, Melchester- he's also a confidant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as Roy left Melchester Stadium two hours later, and he's driving off in his his supercar. 
Uh, <laughs> Fuck it, I'm going to go for a drive in my what, supercar. Is it, is it, is it, that always relaxes me. Is it a me. Lotus Elite? Does it say it Elite like on the bonnet there, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. What are you preparing a drink today? I'm pouring a tea. Okay. Pouring a cup of tea, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's nice little. That's a that's a great bit of top like time machine sound effect. That this is lovely. The tea pouring. Yeah. Uh, if you're wondering the... what pot it is, I am using my metal BHS British Home Stores canteen style. How pot many today. does that hold? How many cups does that hold? It's got. It's a two or three cup up, yeah. so it's quite good for podcasting. This is your second one of the podcast yeah. session because we've done two episodes in one session. Yeah, tea we? session. Yeah. A little insight there into how we work. A set, and that's a good session pot. <laughs> Everyone needs a good session pot. Yeah. That's my session pot. <laughs> uh, where were we? Uh, as Roy Mel- left Melchester Stadium two hours later, he's whizzing away in the elite, uh, he's, and he's thinking to himself, but what shall I do about Guthrie? I was hoping we could have patched up our differences before I dealt with my next problem. And then, cut to... Uh, the black sheep of the race family had arrived from Australia a few weeks ago, eager to cash in on Roy's fame. And Roy is now outside Arnie Meckiff's shop, where he's selling uh, he's selling land, isn't he? Uh, in Australia, uh, and it's the first time we've seen Arnie, I think, since he wandered off out of the race household, said he was going to get a yeah. job. He's been him. elusive. He has. He turned up, he had his dinner, he went to bed, and then the next morning he just fucked off out. I think <laughs> yeah. he'd left all his clothes and shit in the house, but they never really saw him. They don't know where he's staying. He's probably got a few birds on the go, I imagine. He's, he's, air, he's still his haircut. It's, got, it's a proper lockdown yeah. haircut that he's got. Um, and he's in the doorway of the shop. He's shaking hands with a, a husband and wife who are holding some brochures under their arms. I assume he's done a deal. He sold them some land in Australia. Mm-hmm which it's not going to end well for them. Uh, and but it's lovely doing business with you. Yeah. And can I just reiterate <laughs> that the land definitely exists and it's not a swamp. Anyway, uh, catch up again soon, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> and I think you'll find if you say in the small print any mention of a swamp, just ignore that. It's legalese. You know what these lawyers are like? They operate in a world of their own. We don't need to worry about the it. The word swamp's got a very different meaning in Australia, so don't worry about it. <laughs> it's an Aboriginal word. I believe it's derived from the Aboriginal word, meaning a landscape. It means bountiful land. <laughs> uh, I'll be there in six months' time when we all, we all go down and we can examine the land together. I'll see you there. No problem. <laughs> and Roy's outside the shop and he's thinking, my villainous cousin Arnie Mekif looks as if he's just done a deal with another unsuspecting victim. And uh, Roy uh, Roy and Arnie are inside his shop. Look at Arnie's fucking shit-eating grin on his face. He just looks like a wrong end, doesn't he? Fuck it out. Good day, Roy. You look a bit, you look a bit uh, uptight, mate. What's the <laughs> What's matter? the problem? <laughs> I'm living the fucking dream here. Yeah, come on, man. Life's good. He says, uh, oh, uh, Roy, I've uh, I've been meaning to get in touch with you, sport. <laughs> what with all my stuff still being in your spare room? Yeah, been a little busy. And Roy, Roy's gone, what for, Arnie? Were you hoping to sell me one of your dream homes in Australia? And then we get another close-up of Roy's face. This is when you know he means business. Some serious talk is about to happen. Uh, he's gone a bit uh, watchdog here. He says, uh, well, I wouldn't touch one with a barge pole, not unless I wanted to live in the middle of a marsh. Yes, I've been checking up on you, Arnie. 
This prime building land you're flogging so cheaply is marshland somewhere in northern Queensland. Fucking a long speech. Um, I'm sure this is what kids wanted to read about back in 1981, you know, semi-legal land deals on the other side of the world. It's so weird. They could have made him... I, I was thinking that. I was like, okay, they want to portray this cousin as a criminal, as a villain of some sort, right? There's so many easier ways to portray yeah. him as a villain that a kid would understand and relate to, right? I'll have him selling than... dodgy tickets at Melchester or something like that. Something yeah, exactly, but like, uh, I, I can't quite understand how he's working this scam. Do you <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> that would be funny. Like weird, like, dodgy land fucking deals. Mind you, it's appealing, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, we could get into that. You do reach an age where any kind of money-making scam that you read about, um, mm. either fiction or non-fiction, you, you, you reach a point in life where you, you, you immediately think, oh, I wonder how hard that is to Could set up and I how mean, easy it is to get away yeah, with. Yeah, you were going to be a drugs dealer a few weeks ago, weren't you? you I was, yeah. That. Yeah, I've thought about that loads of times, yeah. Pros and cons. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it's always risk assessment. That's what it is, isn't it? Yeah. You know? Risk, risk versus reward. Jalapeño. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jalapeño. So yeah, Roy's got his uh, his dossier in his hand. Of course, that private detective did for him, and it's a thick one as well. There's a lot of information being gathered in quite a short space of time about Arnie Mekev. If this dossier is anything to go by, uh, either well, that or his Roy do- is p- peak Lampard at this stage, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. I mean, Roy's got. That's always been Roy. He's got this great life. He's got a lovely wife. He's, he runs his own football team. He's yeah. the most famous footballer in the world. But he's devoting all this time to fucking hiring private detectives to investigate what his own cousin's up to. Yeah. Why does it matter to you, mate? Well, it's the good name, isn't it? It's the family name. <laughs> Even though Mecca dragged isn't... my brand through the fucking mud. Yeah. So uh, he says, uh, I'll give you two weeks to pay everyone back you've cheated and clear out of Melchester, or I'm taking this evidence to the police. And this is where right. Mekif turns nasty. His face changes, his face turns to thunder. He says, why you dirty? We don't find out what he says after that. Um, Roy leaves. And he says, two weeks, Arnie, that's all you've got. Hmm. Mekif shaking his fist at him. So there's proper anger going on here. And a couple of people in the street as well watching on this scene because it's spilled out into the street. And Mekif says, we'll see about that. I've staked a lot of money on this racket and no one's going to cook it. <laughs> no one's going to crook it up. Crook it up. Not even you. Yeah, you've already crooked it up. And also, <laughs> you know, 
standing in the middle of the street saying, I've staked a lot of money on this racket. That's not going to be good for yeah. business. <laughs> There's customers hanging around yeah, as well. Exactly. Oh, hello, oh, hello, Mrs. Derbyshire. I didn't see you there. Uh, please <laughs> just ignore what I was just saying to my cousin Roy Race there. It's just a little bit of a family in joke we've got. Um, this is by no means a racket. No, it's a it's a legitimate and fantastic business that can change lives for the better. Now come inside and have a look at some photographs of the swamp. I mean the uh, the land, <laughs> the bountiful land. <laughs> Sorry, I do sometimes uh, accidentally lapse into Aborigine because of my uh, the time I've spent living with them. <laughs> among them. <laughs> I'm not one of them, I just live among them. I live among them. I'm very open-minded that way. <laughs> do you mind if I take this suit off? <laughs> just stand around in my underwear? I, I feel much more comfortable in traditional Aboriginal robes. <laughs> Uh, anyway, before we straight into uh, wrong-headed territory, we'll yeah. leave Arnie there shaking his fist. Um, and then it cuts to Roy going back to his office. It says it was dark by the time Roy got back to his office in a deserted Melchester stadium. Um, I don't know what the fuck he's doing back at the office when it's dark. He should be in the house. It's very unusual for Roy to be working after hours, but anyway, that's why we're here. Talk going to come to a head any minute now. Uh, it says uh, he's putting the light on. He's got a nice office. He's got a filing cabinet. He's got a bookshelf. I imagine he's got all of the editions of the Rothmans football yearbook on there somewhere. The lot. Uh, did you used to get them every Christmas, Sam, or was that kind of... Oh, big time. Yeah. Absolutely I, loved them. I saw some video footage of my 21st birthday party the other day because my dad's been digging out some old tapes. Oh, and great. I've been digitising them, putting them putting them uh, onto DVDs and stuff. And there was footage of my 21st birthday party and at some point the camera had gone up into my bedroom and there was a bookshelf above my desk and all the Rothmans yearbooks Rothmans, were there. Rothmans, 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 Rothmans. Rothmans. It's and a shame because once Rothmans, once uh, the, the internet sort of did for Rothmans, yeah. but I will tell you this, one of my, I don't know what your favourite section was in Rothmans, obviously you'd go to your own club page, mm-hmm. but I used to really like the pages that just, there was pages upon pages upon pages of England lineups, right? Yeah, yeah. So like every England international, and they had the whole team yeah. there and you had to turn the book and read it horizontally. Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah. And I'd be fascinated because I would look back at previous England teams lived through that history from, wouldn't you yeah. when I was a kid and look at all these names you wouldn't recognise them all and stuff and I was just absorbed by that but there's not really online. I mean you can find that stuff online but there's not like yeah. a site that is it's, the equivalent of the Rothmans Yearbook online maybe there same. is and but in a way you can't beat a Rothmans I don't know if they still publish them but if they do I might get one for me it and Len cha- it changed it became the Sky Sports Yearbook because Rothmans obviously weren't oh, allowed yeah. to be yeah. involved in uh, football no sponsorship anymore yeah. <laughs> the non-Rothmans football yearbook don't smoke facts it was, fun, it, it was particularly funny that it was Rothmans which in my mind I've never been a smoker but it feels like a particularly dirty fag doesn't yeah. it it wasn't like a sophisticated fag like a Marlboro Light or Silk Cut yeah Silk Cut that sounds Rothmans. nice doesn't it mm, Silk Cut yeah. Rothmans oh Rothmans lad that's what you want to get if you're a real football fan real football lad smoke Rothmans. real smoker I don't know where my Rothmans have gone. I must have got rid of them because of the internet. There was a kid. There was a kid at my school who I've spoken about in other contexts before at my primary school, and he was. I mean, I could do a whole episode on him. He was such a scallywag. But one of the things, like when we were really young, like nine, mm. 
he was smoking. And you got that in those days, don't, didn't you? Yeah, there was always like, one. Yeah. Primary school smokers. But what I remember was, was that, you know, all of my brothers smoked. I was using my mum's smokes. I was around smokers. I knew fag brands. And, and like everything, you're sort of fascinated by the different brands, aren't you? Mm. Even if you don't smoke it yourself. It's like everything. You think, oh, look at all the different packets yeah. and that. And what I remember about this bloke, I'm too scared to name him because... He's one of those all-hearing, all-knowing guys, yeah, you know. And I've that's fair fallen enough, foul. Yeah. I've fallen foul of bad-mouthing local hardmen on this podcast we, before. We've said I? so many things in these podcasts that are going to come back and bite us one day, but that's it. It's out there now. So I won't name him, but I remember people had said he was smoking, and I either asked him or I pried, and we were standing in line in the playground. I remember it, a sunny day. You're nine years old, right? Mm. So you're in what would now be year three, year four, right? And we're standing in the playground, lining up. You know, like they ring the bell and you all line up in your classes. Yeah. And he was in front of me, right? <laughs> and I looked, and in his pocket, I could see a packet of John Player Special. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yes. And for some reason, I don't know if this was true, but the rumour was that John Player Special were the most strong fags you could smoke, yeah. right? They were like really, even though the box was black, wasn't it? It was black with like a yellow or gold logo. They sponsored a Formula One. Car. They, they did, team, yeah. They had an all-black car. The best yeah, car. JPS, yeah. JPS. And it was like a real, like, because it was like the Darth Vader of cigarettes. Yeah. And this kid was nine. And I'm thinking, <laughs> fucking hell, I heard he was smoking. I didn't know he was on the JPS. And as I remember it, but this might be that I've embellished it in my memory, I think it was a 20, not a 10 box. <laughs> what a man. Oh, big man. What a legend. Nine years old. Imagine him walking into the fucking corner shop on the way to school. Yeah. Uh, packet of wine gums and uh, 20 JPS, please, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course, sir. There you go. Because, of course, loads of the shops would sell fags singly, wouldn't they? Like 10 pence a fag yeah. or something. But he's gone in and bought a pack of 20. He's yeah, saved well, his money up. It makes more sense long term. Yeah, if you're a daily smoker, believe me, it's more economical. <laughs> Plus, I'm on 20 a day, so, you know. That's it. I get a 20 bucks every morning. If I was going back and forth buying singles, it'd waste a lot of time and money. <laughs> and of course, fag packets aren't as good as they used to be. They've all yeah. got like pictures of like diseased lungs and car crashes and terrorist atrocities all over them, haven't they now? <laughs> yeah. It's always someone's got like a mouldy lung that's somehow <laughs> grown out of their own mouth. What do you smoke, <laughs> mate? I smoke, these, like, I smoke these 9-11s. <laughs> yeah. You sure you want these fags? Sure you want a fag still? Look at this dickhead. <laughs> uh, anyway right so Rothmans yeah he's got a load of them I imagine yeah I think mm. I got rid of mine because the internet I think I put them all in a sack and smashed them up with hammers drowned them <laughs> yeah you put them in a sack with some rocks <laughs> yeah. and drowned them in the river yeah. weir yeah because the internet hey the internet's <laughs> yeah. here now fuck these boots right. don't I'm need sorry, them anymore lads. I'm sorry, lads, I'm going to have to drown you. And of course, after this... I just this, can't afford to sustain you anymore. Because after this episode, I'll be going on eBay and buying up a load of them again. Yeah, I Only think to realise a year too. later that they're just taking up space I fucking can't afford. Yeah. That's life. That's the circle of life, as Elton John sang. So it's exactly what Elton John was singing about in The Lion King. <laughs> the circle of Rothmans. Imagine the amount of Rothmans yearbooks he had. Big football fan with that amount of money. Yeah, and a self-confessed shopaholic. I want four of every year. One <laughs> and of for course, each room. One for each toilet in my mansion. And of course, he'll have all the editions of the Guinness Book of Hit Singles as well. Yeah. Again, And he has two room. copies of every year in every toilet in his yeah. mansion. Both in England and LA. We'll get him on Humans of Honour one day. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, send a letter off. Headed notepaper. Uh, yeah. So there we are. He goes into his office and he, he thinks, Mechif isn't scaring me off. Threat or no threat. Ah, oh, well, better see if there are any messages for me on the answer phone. Ooh. And it says, there was one, a very sinister message. And the message just says, so you just watch it, race. Keep looking over your shoulder. I don't care how famous you are. I'm going to get back at you somehow, and that's a promise. I've done it in that Whoa. voice. I don't know how the voice sounds. There's no indication. So it, someone must have been using a a distorted voice Or machine. A, hand, a handkerchief over the, the handset, which oh, is yeah. what people used that to do, wasn't it? That's how they did it in those days, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, I think you change your voice. Yeah. You put a handkerchief over it, yeah. Uh, instantly unrecognisable. And he Roy spins on the spot and goes, Huh? It says, as the snarling recorded voice clicked off without identifying itself, and Roy again scratching his head, having a good think. Scratch, scratch, scratch. He thinks... Oh, I better get scratching. <laughs> he thinks, Trevor Brinsden, the fanatical fan I banned from Melchester's home games for the rest of the season. It has to be. <laughs> good grief. Why is he doing all this exposition in his own head? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Scratch, scratch, scratch. Good grief. I seem to be surrounded by enemies at the moment. And then we've got a, a panel, which is the entire width of the page, yeah, with headshots great. of all of the enemies. And it says, a sea of glowering faces swam into Roy's mind. Ooh, swam. Nice. Good. And there they all are, all staring at him, threateningly. Mind swimming with cunts. <laughs> <laughs> Arnie Meckiff, Vic Guthrie, Trevor Brinsden, Elton Blake. A bit more fucking uh, exposition here. He's convinced I got him sacked from the leading role in that TV series about the Rovers. <laughs> <laughs> So all the ones that we're not sure about, we haven't mentioned in this episode yeah. so far, we're getting some exposition. And then Arthur Logan, so bitter because his son Kenny signed for the Rovers instead of entering the family business. <laughs> but I digress. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little recap there, for the benefit of my own brain, which, as I've said, is swimming. Oh, I'll up to speed now. Thank you very much. If I had that many people who I thought were plausible enemies who were willing to maybe do me physical harm yeah i would have to look at myself because i would think if there is <laughs> five people who i yeah. currently think plausibly would want to do me physical harm yeah. and threaten me then surely i must be part of the problem because it's not natural to have that many enemies yeah you could easily have that many people who don't like you much but ones yeah. who are going to go out their way to cause you damage you've got to look at yourself and you look through it, you think Mekif well he's just going about his business you didn't have to hire a private detective to try and bring yeah, him down you went on Lampard didn't you yeah Gathrie you're on his back all the time despite the fact he's been a very good loyal servant to the club maybe look at your man management skills there Roy Brinston, just leave. That's a police matter. It's yeah. got nothing to do with you. This is about law and order. Partially right? police problem because they've done nothing. They drove him to the outskirts of town and just left him, even though he'd yeah. issued a threat to Roy. But also, so, you could easily have appeased uh, Trevor Brinston because mm. he loves you. And if you just gently told him that yeah. you wanted him to behave himself, and if he did, then you would reward him with some yeah. of your time Kindness. Yeah. and attention. Then he would. Again, uh, poor man um, management. Elton Blake, you know, effectively. Your attitude towards Elton Blake did help get him sacked. And again, he, acting is a very unstable, unpredictable profession. It's very hard. This bloke had landed a good role and you undermined him from day one. Yeah, well, I think that the the production team should have uh, invested in proper football lessons for Elton Blake and not just got the Melchester exactly. squad to do them. Cause, you know, and Arthur Logan... He's no, just Arthur Logan is just mad. Yeah, yeah, he's just fucking proper mad. There's nothing you could have done about him. <laughs> 
but it's quite a rogues gallery anyway. And he, yeah. uh, Roy's having a think. He's got his hand on the back of his head now, and he's uh, he's in, it says oh, engrossed in his now. thoughts. He's thinking, no wonder oh. the police offered me protection. Maybe I should telephone them right now. And dot dot dot. And it says engrossed in his thoughts. Roy never heard the office door ease open, and there's a hand on the door of the office. And then it says, and then, bang! You just see a hand holding a revolver, peeking through the door and, the and firing a bullet. of gunfire coming out the end of the and revolver. that is the end of, of this, episode. this episode. It is a chilling, uh, terrifying and dramatic yeah. moment yeah. in the history of Melchester Rovers and Roy Race. It is. And we'll find out what happens next time. It says this could be the end of soccer's greatest ever hero. That's what it says at the bottom. Yeah. Um, but you're a kid and you're like, you you know, you think, well... Well... You know, what they've got here is a licence to print money with the Roy Race franchise. Why would they kill him off? <laughs> no, you think yeah, Roy might exactly be dead. Well, I'm reading a book... Um, with with Len, which is a football sort of drama about a young football fan who also does a bit of detective work, mm. right? Um, to be honest, it's a series. I can't remember what it's called now. But anyway, Len keeps going when uh, he he keeps ending up at the end of chapters in jeopardy of some right, sort. Yeah, yeah. Like he gets caught by the baddies and kidnapped and threatened. At one point, he does it. He is held at gunpoint. He's supposed to be about thirteen in this, right? And then just keeps going. These books are silly because they keep making, they keep doing these things where they're trying to convince you that the hero's going to die. Yeah. But you know the book's about him, so he's not going to die. <laughs> One day someone will write a book where the kid does fucking die halfway through. In and chapter then, two. And then the rest of the book is all about the funeral arrangements and the outpouring of <laughs> grief. And yeah, quite grim. Yeah. Well, it's a life lesson, the, isn't it? The inquest, the hand-wringing, yeah. the politicians asking yeah. what needs to change, the newspaper columnists writing mawkish navel-gazing <laughs> yeah. analysis of the situation. Yeah. No, oh, so you wanted to read this be. book, we're reading all of it right to the fucking end. Yeah. You'll learn. Like You'll learn what life's like. It. Yeah. Anyway, marks out a 10 for that one. 10. Big 10, of course. Big and 10, And next yeah. week is that, uh, I hate using this word, iconic front cover mm. where it just says Roy Race shot yep so you know the bullet <sighs> does land in the race body but where <laughs> find out next week Take what part of my body is this bullet going to land in <laughs> here comes a bullet not one of the softer oh. bits here it comes brace for impact racing brace for impact <laughs> bang it's hit me but where <laughs> Yeah, all right, that's it. Take the FN, fuck off. See ya. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com